Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Ezra Cobb Building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia, it's Phantasmo After Dark, with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, three on a meat hook. A picture you won't ever forget, because it touches the full spectrum of the bizarre, the forbidden, the twilight areas of a life destined to be spent in shadow and agony. The screen may never again relate to this subject matter. It will certainly never again approach this treatment. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast here. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Yeah, tonight, three on a meat hook. That's it. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else to say about that. The title, the title alone is enough to make you want to see this movie. Well, three on a meat hook. That, That says it all, doesn't it? I think so. I, I think you can figure out what that means. Yeah. This is w- one of those movies that for the longest time I wanted to see, you know, because I'd heard, just because the title alone. And then the trailer, the trailer really makes you want to see it because it looks like it's going to be a good, one of those early 70s, gritty, serial killer kind of movies, which is exactly what it is. It is. And if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The best, but we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> But I tell you what it is, what made me want to see it is, well, it was a VHS tape back in the day, but you get the DVD, Mad Ron's Previews from Hell, right. okay, which I talked about on other podcasts, and I'll probably continuously talk about it, because it's one of the greatest previews collections that I've ever come across. Uh, it's one I, I can watch over and over again. It's entertaining. It's got l- tons of trailers on it, and I've kind of made it my mission to see every movie on that tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's that they have a trailer for on there whenever I can find it because there's a lot of obscure movies on there and this is one of those that that's on there and I was like I gotta see that one day and finally I, I got to see it about a year or so ago I, I found it on YouTube of all places Thanks. not a great copy at all but you know I made a note I'm like okay we'll do a podcast on that eventually and we finally did it right here we're doing it now but yeah the, the copy on YouTube is quality is what you'd expect it's probably transferred downloaded from a v- grainy VHS tape. Yeah. So it's not really great quality. No, it was a little hard to watch in places. Yeah. It is available on DVD, mm-hmm. but I think it's like 17 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Is it cleaned up at all? I don't think so. Oh, okay. uh, the reviews I read on it, it, I think it's just a transfer from the oh, VHS. Wow. So I, it's probably that's probably the only copy you're going to get. Okay. If you watch it on YouTube, it plays better on a smaller screen than it does if you blow it up to the TV. So... Watching on your computer or i you know iPad or something, it probably isn't as bad as watching it on the TV yeah. TV that being said, there is a bit of a charm to it though, being grainy and scratchy, being one of those movies from way back like that, sure, you know it's not dark though, well, except where it's meant to be, yeah, but I mean it's not like a, a dark copy like some no, movies no, it's you not. know we we saw uh, a copy of chainsaw. I think it was Tony and Craig and uh, maybe Big Lee and I. We went up to The Bird mm-hmm. many years ago as a midnight show in Richmond. And that copy was so, I mean, it was, you know, it was 35, mm-hmm. but it was a horrible print. It yeah. was so dark the whole time. And, and this this one isn't. It's just grainy and you know, well-worn right. copy. But it's it's watchable. And it's the only way you're going to see as far as I know, unless there's a better copy out there somewhere. And if there is, and you know about it, let me know, because I would like to see a better copy of it. That would be nice. Yeah. The big pluses to this movie, 
are within the first five minutes. You know what Rob's going to say. Bare tits. <laughs> bare butt, bare tits. You get a nude scene, first five minutes of the movie. Then, five minutes later, four girls skinny dipping in the lake. More nudity. The director loves his audience. Although, to be completely honest, you couldn't see anything in that, you don't that see, well, skinny it, dipping scene. In the blurry copy, you didn't see it good, but you could see a couple poking out of the water, you know, raising <laughs> up and all some butts. So, you get some nudity there. You get a little bit more later on. Another quick girl getting out of bed mm-hmm. and getting dressed. So there's some nudity throughout. and Oh, and in the tub mm-hmm. before the first kill. So Indeed. It's, there's tits and nudity peppered throughout this. So it's, <laughs> it, it makes it easier to watch. You have something to look forward to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like any good exploitation flick, it's got to have nudity. That's true. You know? uh, nudity and violence. That's, That's what we're there for. Yeah. Sugar and spice and everything nice. I mean, you know, that's what exploitation flicks are made of. <laughs> <laughs> now, the story is an age-old story of boy meets girl, boy takes girl home, boy kills girl, boy ser- serves girl up as breakfast. You know, a story everybody can relate to. Of course. <laughs> but no, really, it's these group of girls get together, they go out to the lake for vacation, spend the weekend together, hanging out, and they're coming, I guess they're coming back. Or they're, they're driving around town somewhere. That's they're driving unclear. somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they went to the lake to hang out and have, have fun. And they're, they're coming back on a boat. They get in a car. Don't know if it's their car, if it's a rental car. Doesn't matter. But they're driving and it's some back road in the middle of the night. They break down. The car breaks down. A good looking young guy pulls up in a truck. Unassuming, you know, non-threatening guy. Asks, tries to fix their car. Then he can't tell what's wrong. Says, I can give you a ride. You know, you can come stay at my dad's house with us tonight so you don't have to stand here on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And we'll try to get you to a service station in the morning or something. Right. And at first a little hesitant, but then they're like, sure, let's go. We don't want to sit out here in the middle of the night. So they go back to his place. Yeah. And they, uh, they see the dad at the top of the stairs, and he's very upset that they've brought the... Does he call them harlots or something? Well, not to to them. Not to them. He calls to... he calls the boy said, you know, come here, son. And Billy, right? Billy. Billy sends the girls to the kitchen and say, You want something to eat? I'll be there in a minute. And they're like, sure. So he goes and Billy goes and talks to his dad, and his dad gives him the the stink guy about the girls being there and and you're like, Okay, he's just being an asshole. And then he says Billy, I don't want to be unreasonable, but you know what happens to you when you get around women. And it must never happen again. You know, the audience is like, oh. <laughs> and the dad's adamant about it. And he said, well, I'm not going to send them back out in the middle of the night by themselves. You know, I'll have them out of here first thing in the morning. So he goes down and fixes the girls some uh, sandwiches or something. Yes, he, he said, don't have any sandwiches. Don't have any sandwich meat, but uh, we've got this fresh meat here. Because they are on a farm. Yeah. That's why he brings it. They live on a big farm, so he brings it back to the big farmhouse. Yeah. And so he makes them something to eat. They go to bed. He goes to bed. Then a few minutes later, a shadowy figure you see. Oh, you see his feet. Yeah, coming into the, one of the girls' rooms. Oh, no, coming to the bathroom. The one girl's taking a bath, yeah. so we get another you know nice little nude scene there. And then with a big knife, stabs her to death. Yep. Very uh, psycho-esque, right? Right after that, shadowy figure walks in the bedroom, shotguns two of the girls. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth girl 
kind of sees what's happening and starts running. She ends up making it down to the basement, and she thinks she's kind of safe. And she comes outside the basement door. Yeah. Then she turns around and gets hatchet. Hatchet. Cuts her head off. Yep. So all four of the girls that we have now spent the first 15... First 10, 15 minutes getting to know a little bit, getting to maybe care about... All dead. Boom. Four kills within 20 minutes. Yep. So here I am thinking we've gotten to know these people, and they're all gone. Yeah. We've got... Three nude scenes, mm-hmm. four kills, mm-hmm. plot, mm-hmm. set up plot, yep. first 20 minutes of the movie. Looks like it's going to be a good ride. Right, and we're done. Yeah. Then... Now we got to start over. Then, yeah, but that's okay because some movies have done... Like Death Proof is a great example yeah, yeah. of that. I get A it. great example of that. But then we get have about an hour of nothing going on. Yeah, very true. The, Except some really weird band and yeah, well, lots that's of walking. Cool but the, <laughs> the <laughs> next you. morning, the father walks in the room and sees what's happened. He wakes Billy up and tells him, boy, you did it. Oh, because Billy went and slept out in the shed. Yeah. So the girl's going to have the room. And he told, so he told his dad, it's not going to happen. I'll sleep in the shed. Yeah. So he gets Billy and says, you did it again, boy. Look. And he shows him and Billy's freaking out. He says, get out of here. Get out of here. Go, you know, go into town. I'll take go, care of here, it. Here's some money. Go see a movie. I'll take care of this. So Billy goes walking into town forever. Yes, he walks Takes a, a long very long walk. time. Walk with you in the sun. Lots of lots of footage of him walking into town. Finally, he gets into town, and then it shows. I think he sees a movie. Yeah, it shows Paul starting to clean up what's happening, the mess. But then it focuses on Billy. Yeah, he goes to see a movie, The Graduate. Goes to a bar. And then we get two songs by this band that was awesome. <laughs> so Rob says. And when we say two songs, I'm saying we're we're watching a concert now for yeah, two songs. Two full songs. They're all dressed alike. <laughs> and it's this funky, like, almost Bee Gees-esque porn soundtrack music. Yeah. And then the waitress at the bar starts to hit on Billy a little bit, and then he passes out. Yes. He wakes up in her bed and, like, not freaking out, but, you know, concerned. Oh, you know, how'd it get here? What happened? And she's laying there next to him naked. Right. And she says, you passed out. They were going to call the cops, but I brought you here. And he says, well, did we do anything? And she's like, no, I always sleep like this. So he gets up, gets dressed, and leaves, and but without... Before leaving, they kind of like each other, and he says, "Well, you know, you should come out to my farm sometime." And well, she says, "Oh, I've never been to the a day farm. together. They spend the oh, day yeah, together, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they get to know each other, and they they realize that they they kind of like each other, and she wants to spend some time with him. So he invites her out to the farm for the weekend. Yeah, and she decides she wants to come. Now, and this she's is going to bring a friend. This is a long scene, and I'll, and we get some of that that seventies like romantic incidental music yep. while they're walking around, which kind of 
throws the movie, you know. Yeah, the a bit. music in this is a little weird. Yeah, the music, the rest of the some music, though. Some of it's though, good, some of it's the weird. The suspenseful music mm-hmm. during the scenes, like just before the kill or before you think it's going to happen, is actually pretty good and effective, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's used well, it's not overdone. Yeah, that stuff's pretty good. And it's good, it does have a creepy mood to it, you know, so that's cool. But yeah. then you get this... Da, 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 da. We're walking and holding hands in the field. <laughs> now we're on some swings. <laughs> you get that kind of music. Very strange. Yeah, uh, give me back, bring back the Wakachuka band. I mean, you know, oh come on. Oh my God. They come to the farm. Yes. This girl and against, her friend. Against Paul's uh, Against Paul's wishes. Wishes. And then, you know, what you expect happens, happens. The one girl gets killed. Becky. Becky, the friend, gets killed. Which there was that one scene where Becky and and Sherry is the other girl's Sherry. name. They've spent the whole day taking a tour of the of the farm, seeing all the stuff, and they go down after dinner or before dinner, and and Becky says, "Do you love him?" And Sherry says, "Well, I don't know. We've only known each other a couple days." Oh yeah. And <clears throat> then. Becky stares right into the camera and gives her dissertation on love and why you should seize the day because her yes. her husband yes. got killed in their war. Yes, because her her husband received an invitation to go to their war. Yeah. And then she received what did she say? She received a letter saying that he was killed. Yeah. Only they got it wrong because she was killed too, oh, you know. So basically the love of her life was killed in in the war. So it was a big Anti-Vietnam. Yeah, this uh, it's, statement. This, this movie came out in seventy-two, so it's right, right in the middle of all that. Right. Uh, but it's funny because she, yeah. But like the you whole said, movie really stops for a minute or so yeah. while she goes and on about that, which I mean was kind of poignant for a second there, but yeah. it was kind of weird. But she's looking at the camera. Yeah, right. I guess into she's the supposed camera. to be looking at Sherry. Right. But she's looking directly at the camera yeah. the whole time, so it's like, hey, war's bad. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, so then they go to dinner, which is in the house. Right. And it's Paul's cooking. Paul serving up fr- the his fresh, fresh meat, meat from the farm. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Which we have seen no animals on this farm, no. but supposedly they have cows. Yeah, because he did show them the shed, the barns, and all that, and where they slaughter the cows or stuff like that. Milking, milking the cows and all that. And sometime in the was it the middle of the night, mm-hmm. Becky gets killed. Yes. Yeah. Well, Sherry and and. Billy have started making out on the couch, and oh, I guess they right. fell asleep on the couch yeah. together. They bouch go wow wow is what they do. And how did Becky get killed? I forgot. Now we see Paul goes in yeah. there, and we see that it's Paul who's been killing people. Yeah. And he walks in there with like a um an ice pick, not an ice pick, but a, um, a, a miner's pick. A miner's pick, that's what yeah. I was looking for. That's right, and, right and in he, the gut, yeah. He, yeah, he guts her now, while she's wh- sleeping. Something we forgot to say is, earlier in the film, mm-hmm. You find out that the mother died. Oh yeah, we forgot about and that. And Billy went to live with his what aunt and uncle. Yeah. For a few years, for like ten years. Something like that, yeah, in Ohio. Yeah, and because his paw was grieving and couldn't take care of him, and he mm-hmm. comes back to live and take care of his paw because he's getting older and mm-hmm. help out on the farm right. now, over the last couple of years or whatever. Somewhere around this point in the film, now we've had. The first 20 minutes set everything up and was almost a complete film. Yeah. Then <laughs> this hour of filler of rambling that could have been 20 minutes worth of film. Mm-hmm. We get this flashback of Pa bringing young Billy in and showing a dead body in the house and basically telling him, look what you did. 
And that's why he sent him away. Yeah, as if he killed this woman. And for a second there, you think... Was that mom? Was that the mom? Is that the mother? Is that what really happened? And he made him think, because it's that's not really clear. That flashback should have happened earlier in the film. Yeah. To give you more of a sense of, oh, you know, Billy did this, or he was going on. Mm-hmm. Now, here comes the real messed up part. Right. That made us go, what? There was no indication towards this, going in this direction. Mm-hmm. Sherry... Wakes up the next Wakes morning. Up. She goes to look for Becky. Can't find her. Paul says, oh, she left about an hour ago. Yeah, didn't say anything. She just left. And So Sherry goes storming around the farm trying to find yeah. her. And she ends up going in one of the sheds or one of the barns and sees... Three, three on a meat hook. On a meat hook. <laughs> three young girls hanging from big meat hooks in the barn. Yes. Naked. Right. And I guess it's the three of the from women... The be- from the beginning, from yeah. From the beginning, yeah. And she screams and then runs back in the house and starts yelling at Paul. And he's got like a leg on a chopping block yeah, cutting it up. Yeah, she's like, what are you doing? And, and then if you didn't get up to that point yeah, that they were eating out. human meat, at that point you're like, aha. Yeah. She doesn't really freak out that there's a leg there. She's like, what are you doing? You know, And starts <laughs> yeah. yelling at him. Then he, he comes says, after making her. dinner. Yeah, he comes <laughs> after her with the, the cleaver. Right. About that time, Billy comes in. Billy comes in and tries to stop him, and he throws Billy to the ground. Mm-hmm. And he raises the the cleaver up. He's come back to the girl. This old lady comes out of the friggin' basement and out gets of him, nowhere. Out of nowhere, gets in front of him as his arms coming down. And he hits her in the back with the meat cleaver. Turns out that was Mom, mm-hmm. who's been alive the whole time. We didn't know, and neither did Billy. Stayed in the basement. Yeah, that's it. It cuts to um, a doctor's office. Billy and Sherry are sitting across the... From a psychiatrist. Yeah, from the psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist and is giving us And we get five minutes this, of exposition. Yeah, exposition about, it's not really dad's fault. Yeah. Dad, dad kind of went crazy. He was so in love because his mom, or mom was sick, and she had turned to cannibalism, and he was trying to take care of her. So she he, went crazy and, yeah, and turned with cannibalism, crazy. and he was trying to yeah. He was so trying he to was feed feeding her, her urges, mm-hmm. and that made him go crazy. Yeah, every time he killed, it killed a little piece of himself. It yeah. he said. So apparently, he kept mom locked in the basement. Told Billy that she died. Yeah. While oh no, he while he was then later they said while he was gone she died. Right. Yeah. Billy had gone away yeah. to. I guess Billy killed. Supposedly, Dad said that Billy killed that lady, whoever it was, sent Billy away. Then he told Billy that Mom died and... Kept her down in the basement. Kept her in the basement this entire time. Now, all of this is being told by the psychiatrist at the end, which could have... This whole exposition that he fills in, all the gaps and stuff you're wondering about, could have been told in story during that hour that Billy was walking around and would have been a much more interesting movie and suspenseful. But it's like they got to this point, like, oh, we gotta, we gotta tie this up. Exposition How are we time, do that? yeah, you know, <laughs> and wraps the whole movie up in a nice little bow there yeah. at the end. So then you see Sherry, you know, reaches over and, and holds Billy's hand. So I guess Sherry and Billy are together, happy ending for them. Dad is in a straight jacket, just kind of. There's some kind of voiceover. I can't remember what he's saying. It, it's basically how much he loves his his wife or something. Yeah. Just reiterating that he's crazy. Yeah, reiterating he's crazy, and and that's just kind of the end. Yeah. Now, that's the movie in a nutshell. Now, going back to some points in it, 
we talked about the music. I thought the music was fantastic for for this low budget of movie. The suspenseful music was fantastic. Yeah, some of the some of the stuff in between was a little odd. Yeah. and out of place. Some but, of it was okay. Yeah, but for this for type time. of movie, you almost expect that because a lot yeah. of them do that. Yeah, that's true. Some don't, and it's fan- and it's great. I mean, when I they didn't don't. not I didn't hate it or anything. Yeah. I just some of it. Was, but it kind of t- a while. I yeah. was like, that's weird. And I get what they're trying to do is to is to lighten your mood, get you off guard. Yeah. But the, after that, nothing hits yeah. to bring you back, to shock you again. You know? Right, right. So it kind of doesn't do that. I'm, yeah. I'm really not a fan of that because I think it takes you out of the moment too right. much. Right. Well, I will tell you that, I mean, going into this, I felt, well, at first I was frustrated because I have I have a hard time hearing things. Yeah, I have hard hearing anyway, so I always watch movies with closed captioning on. Well, obviously I couldn't do that with this. And I read lips, and I couldn't do that with this. So I was a little frustrated, <laughs> but we turned it up really loud. It was so grainy, it like they were mumbling. Is that what it was? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it was it was a little frustrating for me, but I did manage to make it through. So my problems aside, I got through it, and I found that I was not surprised by anything at all in this movie i had it all figured out at the very first scene as far as the when we first meet the the girls at the at dinner yeah and the first kills happen i knew exactly who the killer was i knew what they were eating <laughs> so none of that was a surprise at all ooh ooh miss colombo here no 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 i'm just saying i i expected to have some kind of thing yeah. i was curious about well, you, you know, know i'm not saying i'm like this big well, you know like i said i'm not I great think... at it i just there was no there was nothing in there that made me wonder what was going on. The only thing that surprised yeah. me was mom at the end. Yeah. Because there was nothing at all. There's nothing to go back to in the film. Yeah, and, to make and, you think. And go back, oh, Mom's alive? I should have seen that. You know? Yeah, nothing. Nothing um, at all. The way they set it up and trying to make you think that Billy is a killer and dad you know, was trying to protect him. Mm-hmm. They could have done more with that yeah. to make you shift to Billy more, and they didn't. Right. Billy wasn't nervous enough mm-hmm. about the killings, and there that, like I said, that flashback later in the film could have been a little earlier to reiterate that Billy did it. Yeah. Could have been a little more of the dad convincing Billy throughout the years that something, that, yeah, like trying to psych him into thinking right. that he did it. And, it wasn't enough of that yeah. to drive it home, I don't think. Right. I mean, I'm not looking for a great mystery or anything, and I'm not expecting to, I don't know, be wondering or be totally shocked by this. No, but by the time you see that it's a huge, it, it, great yeah. writing, I by was just. By the time that it's revealed it's dad is a killer, yeah. it's not a surprise that it is. Right, at all. And I think a couple of times referring to, well, we've got fresh meat. Well, I mean, and even the very first time they bring up food at all for the four girls, he says, we don't have much in the way of sandwich meat, but we have this fresh meat that my dad makes. Yeah. Well, that is like the most obvious yeah. thing it to been, say. It would have been better if, if, if they would have not said anything. Not said anything and they're eating and said, oh, this tastes unusual or something like that. Right. And I said, yeah. Or well, this is really good. What is it? Yeah. We have, you know, well, we have our own meat on the farm or something like that. Right. I mean, that could have been very subtle. Yeah. We don't buy it. We have our own, you know, we, whatever. Yeah. 
I mean, I know that's kind of nitpicky, but I would like to have been a little bit surprised later on, yeah. as opposed to the very first thing I see, and I'm like, well, you know, I already yeah. know what's well, that's going the, on. That's the, no pun intended, the hook of the film right. <laughs> is to lead you to believe that Billy's the killer, right. and then the surprise at the end that he's not. Yeah. And they didn't drive it enough, that aspect of it, that he was, that Billy was the killer. They should have had more of that. Something, yeah. And less of the walking. Yeah. Uh, there's well, and then when you figure out that, you know, dad's been doing it the whole time, which, okay, you figured it out early, but once you get this whole exposition at the end about why he's been doing it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay, yeah, he wants to take care of his wife. Yeah. But, it was like they were rushing to come up with a, a rap to the movie. And yeah. It's like, hmm, how can we tile this up together? And yeah, what what what's yeah. the what's the motivation behind? Which this? in a way makes it kind of awesome because yeah. it's so cheesy <laughs> that it's like oh 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 okay slow clap yeah all right because uh, I do love cheesy stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Now the way this thing was shot, it was kind of by the book. It yeah. wasn't bad. There were some of those like long sweeping shots, like one right at the beginning, you know, right after the title. Then there's a shot of the city and the camera slowly sweeping across the city, slowly, 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 slowly. This whole, you know, cityscape, and then you get to this building and it starts to zoom in on this building, and it stops for a second, mm-hmm. and then you're inside the bedroom, and the movie starts. Right. And it's like, oh god, that was painful. It was. It felt longer than it was. Yeah. The camera could have just gone. You know, quick, here we the building and move. But it was like, eh, <laughs> and you're looking at your watch and the building, you know. And then the scenes like that of him walking and the field. And it's almost like those travel log documentaries where you yeah. see just scenery for, you know, Ever. minutes at a time. And the camera's just moving. You yeah. Know? That was the worst parts of yeah, it. Yeah, there were some rough parts. There were some cool cutaways for the, like the stabbing and the, in the tub and it it wasn't bad which i mean well no i mean better than i expected for this film yeah so i guess that could have been better but it wasn't bad what they were they succeeded what they were trying to do which was not show the blatantly the knife going into the flesh because then they don't have to do the special effects right what you don't see is more horrible than what you would see oh always it wasn't great cutaway but it was it was done well enough Yeah, yeah you know and the same with the gunshots. You saw the, the squib go off and a girl fall back, you know. Mm-hmm. And the I think they did show the the miner's pick go into her gut. Yeah. But she, you know, it was a sheet over her in bed, so that went into the sheet, the blood, and all that. The best slash worst one though mm-hmm. slash the was head. the beheading. Yeah. This shot. <laughs> props to him for 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 trying for attempting it for attempting this, and they did it. It just looks. It looks cool and it looks cheesy at the same time. At the same time. The girl's backed up against the wall and the hatchet comes down and goes straight across her neck. Yeah. And the body falls away from the head. The head's like on top of the hatchet. Yeah, the head sits on the hatchet. Maybe if they would have cut it a half a second quicker. Yeah. It wouldn't look quite as cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think the head would sit like that, <laughs> which makes it look kind of funny. But in a, but in the, on the other hand, it's awesome <laughs> and the cheesiness of it. And the body fall away looks, oh, yeah. is a little jarring. A little so that kind of, it works and it doesn't work at the same time. Now, the way they did that is very old school effect mm-hmm. where they had the fake body against the wall. Her head is actually sticking through a hole above yeah, it. Sure. And they make up the in-between. Yeah. So they chop actually chop the wood mm-hmm. below her head 
there and the body falls away. So, you know, props to him for, for doing that. And it's effective. It's just, it, it depends on all your point of view. Right. Is it really great? Is it really cheesy? To me, it was a little bit of both. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was well, well done and not. <laughs> <laughs> you have a bit of both. Yeah. Now, the director of this film, real quick, uh, there's there's no real names in this. There's nobody that you probably have seen in anything else, except I can't remember the lead guy, the Paul, appeared in a few other films by the director. Uh, William Girdler is is the guy. Girdler is the guy's name. Girdler. 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 William Girdler. He also directed Grizzly, mm. Day of the Animals, The mm-hmm. Manitou. Oh right. And Abby, the black exploitation exorcist, mm-hmm. which is awesome and bad at the same time. Yes, uh, William Marshall though. Mm-hmm. So he has a little bit of resume there under his belt. The you know the Day of the Animals, Grizzly, that's that whole nature gone wild subgenre from the seventies, which mm-hmm. was really popular for a while. Grizzly, Jaws on land, great tagline. This I believe was his, oh, an Asylum of Satan was his first film, I think. Which I need to see. I haven't seen that yet. So this was, I believe, his second film. He, I mean, he handled it. It's not super cheesy bad. The direction was, I thought, was fine. The actors were all decent. Nobody was stiff or wooden, I don't think. Sherry was interesting. She had a very yeah. odd speech pattern. Yeah, an odd I don't accent, know if kinda. she was. Well, I don't know if she was trying to overcompensate for an accent or if she was... Given some odd direction, I'm not sure what that well, was. Well, that's just the way she naturally talks, she where talks. she's from. You know, yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't look into her, so I'm not yeah. sure where she came from or whatever. But she yeah. looked good naked, though. <laughs> Indeed, they she all was do. very cute. Yeah, I do need to see Asylum of Satan, though. That's one I've heard about too that I that I haven't seen. And I do, I did like this film. Can't say anything really bad about it, except the technical, you know, aspects we've talked about. Now, oh, here's something kind of interesting, though. The cook in the flesh, the girls hanging on the meat hook in the barn. Obviously, this was taken a little bit from, and the mother aspect was taken a little bit from the Ed Gein story. Okay. Right? Right. And of course, Psycho in 1960, some of that was taken from Ed Gein. Basic, basic elements. Chainsaw, uh, Texas Chainsaw is usually is really credited. They always credit, you know, oh, you know, based on events and, and, and then everybody says is based on Ed Gein, which is really, it was very loosely based. Again, the movie Deranged is a lot closer to the Ed Gein story overall, which I think we did a podcast on Deranged a few years ago, mm-hmm. which I really like that movie too. Now, the the interesting thing about all this is those two movies, Chainsaw like I said, which gets a lot of the credit, and Deranged, both came out in 74. This came out in 72. This was one of the first stories, Psycho aside, that really had elements of the Ed Gein story. And you don't hear much about this movie at all from anybody. In fact, you never hear about this movie. <laughs> and another interesting thing, too, is I was reading a review about this, you know, looking up some stuff, and it's almost a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho. At least the beginning part, I guess. Yeah. Think about it now, okay? Mm-hmm. Both movies open up. Couple in a motel. Girl getting ready to leave. They just finished doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Adult stuff. Mm-hmm. Driving away in a car. 
car breaks down, has to stay somewhere overnight with a nice-looking young guy and his overbearing mother, in this case, father. There's a tub-slash-shower scene, and the girl gets stabbed to death. And so, I mean, up to at least up to that point, it's almost like they use Psycho as the blueprint. It didn't even occur to me when I was watching it. <laughs> I don't know why. It's obvious now, thinking about it, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I love movies from this era, this late, you know, the late 60s, early 70s, especially like early, mid-70s stuff, because it's really, it's, it's gritty. It's creepy to me, because it's more, it's more realistic than bigger budget movies, I think, because it's, it's not as glossy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, uh, Last House on the Left was, was really like this. The way it's shot, and especially handheld mm-hmm. a lot, it almost feels like you're in the room watching what's going on. Not right. not that you're watching a scene that was set up for a movie. Yeah. It's like you're you're almost you're like you're it. filming it. Yeah. Documentary style. And this had felt like that a little bit in little some bit. in some parts. Yeah. But movies of this era, a lot of them felt like that. And mm-hmm. that's it really works for me. Mm-hmm. Even the ones that aren't that great, some that are better for one reason or another. But it, I think it really, uh, the aesthetic of these films is what appeals to me so much mm-hmm. and why I, I seek them out and I like them a lot. And it, it does give it that creepy factor yeah. more so. Right. You get These modern films like the Saw films and Hostel and all the, you know, the gore porn movies. I don't, I don't have any creepy feeling about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a little shock value when something yeah. happens, but... It's so much that I'm expecting it. It doesn't. It's not that much of a shock, right? You know, you know and they're so glossy and polished films that, eh, you know, it's just like it's gore porn is what it is. It doesn't do anything for me. It's right. not. You know, it's not scary. It's not creepy. So the trailer for this we watched oh. a few minutes ago. Yeah, the trailers. Well, a few before we got started. Awesome. And I said earlier in the the podcast that you pretty much saw the whole film and you really kind of <laughs> did all of the mm-hmm. all the highlights for the movie were really in the trailer which yeah, the, is kind of unusual well, the first 20 minutes for this for, well it is yeah. yeah and some of the later stuff is in there too i mean like the flashback yeah well that's what was, yeah, you get there. almost the entire what could have been the entire movie yeah you get the first you get the first four kills in the trailer. Just just quick flashes of them, but you yeah, get them. But you see it. You get the the little condensed version of the speech of, you know what happens when you get around women, boy. Yep. And then you get that flashback in the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You get that, so you get the complete setup for the movie. I think it would have benefited if it didn't show the kills. Yeah. Or if it maybe would have shown, just one of them, this and there, maybe right. you know. You even get the three women on a meat hook. Yeah, you even get that the, the money shot. In the trailer. You get the money shot at the end, which maybe if they would have shown the girl come in the barn and scream, and not and then shown, not the, meat shown hooks. the meat hook, yeah, the girl's yeah. on a meat hook. And That's just what I expected. The card going three on a meat hook. Yeah. Then you would have gone, oh, I gotta yeah. see what I, I gotta see what I didn't see. Right, because I saw the trailer after we saw yeah. the movie, and I saw her opening the door, and I was like, no, they're not gonna show that yeah. in the trailer, and they did. And I was like, no way. The best part of the trailer, though. <laughs> the end. It, no, is the voiceover. That's what well, I'm the, the, the voiceover yeah, yeah. at the end. But the, at the beginning, oh, you like the narration. Voice? The guy's voice is like this. It's very monotone and quiet and creepy. The movie you're about to see 
is a true story. <laughs> and it just makes you like, it makes your hair stand up on your arm because it's like, ooh, <laughs> this horrific stuff. And this guy is talking like this. But the monologue at the end makes no sense whatsoever. And it's, it's nothing amazing. to do with the movie. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember what he says? I'll get it and I'll put it yeah, in Yeah, we'll here. put some clip. We'll, oh, we'll put the whole trailer on here maybe. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely have the clips in this part in particular. The only ones left to mourn. The last witnesses to the execution. Suspended in time by a puppeteer with blood on his hands. Little broken dolls that go on dancing after the music has stopped. Three on a meat hook. What the hell does that have to do? It's beautiful. It's yeah. amazing. And I, I'm going to put the entire trailer on the Facebook page. Speaking of the Facebook page, uh, drop us a line on the Facebook page. I'm going to put a, as many pictures as I can find from this thing and poster art and stuff in one of the photo albums on there. Check that out. Drop us a line. Let us know how we're doing. If you like this movie, if you don't like this movie, if you like what we're doing, you don't like what we're doing, whatever, you know, just say hi. And as of right now, you can see this movie on YouTube. Yeah. If you want to spend 17 bucks, you can buy the DVD off Amazon. <laughs> it's not on any streaming service that I could find right now other than YouTube. So there's that. Uh, oh, one thing I didn't want to I didn't want to mention <laughs> at the beginning. This is kind of funny. You know, it's a low budget production. When One thing, everybody's wearing their own clothes. Mm -hmm. There's no wardrobe, you know. But when the girl's cars broke down and the truck pulls up, mm. I don't know if you noticed, but you don't hear the motor of the truck at all. I couldn't tell. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't hear. But what happened was the night they were filming that, the truck was broke down. It wouldn't work. Oh. <laughs> so you don't see the back of the truck. Yeah. You see the front of it come into frame because uh -huh. the crew is pushing the truck into frame <laughs> so Billy can get out of it. <laughs> That's great. That's one of those scenes where in my head, and I didn't say this out loud, but in my head I was like, Wow, I think I'd give anything for a uh, day for night shooting right now because it was pitch black on the screen. You could see nothing, nothing at all on the screen. Yeah, that's one thing, you know, being that it was so low budget, though, they didn't do any day for night shooting. They shot at night yeah. and they shot at day. And it was pitch black. You could see yeah. nothing. But it worked. At one point, you could <laughs> see headlights on the pitch black screen and that was it. <laughs> but you knew it was night. You knew it was night. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, again, as always, any of these movies we talk about, I don't think there's one we've talked about. I say, uh, don't do yourself favor and don't watch this. Yeah. I didn't love this movie. Yeah. I didn't hate it. No, uh, I like It's worth a watch. Yeah, I did like it. Yeah. And I would love to see a cleaned up print of it somewhere. That would make If it I could find it, I would love to see it because I love movies from this era, like I, I, I say over and over again. Yeah. And this is one of those that fits into that deranged Texas Chainsaw Last House on the Left, it fits right in with those. Sure. So if you like those movies, you're going to like this one too, I imagine. And it's easy to find. YouTube, anybody can see it. So, yep. you know, do yourself a favor, give it a watch, see what you think about it. Yeah. I give it thumbs up. Yeah. Maybe not two, but at least one. At least one. <laughs> so uh, we have a couple things before we go. One thing we had watched earlier in the week thinking we might do a podcast oh, on. Oh, yeah. An, actually, a new film. Well, kind of new. It was from a few years back called The Love Witch. Yeah. I really hoped we could do a podcast on it because I, I wanted to love this movie. I well, expected to like this movie a all lot. All we'd heard about it and seen about mm -hmm. it, it looked like it was going to be fun. Mm -hmm. It looked like it was going to be kind of an interesting film. Yep. And to a degree it was. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that visually The Love Witch was beautiful. 
the scenes were done well. It was shot great. Some of the the way it was shot was beautiful. It was it was thirty five. The colors the were colors rich, were amazing. Oversaturated almost. It was an homage to those sixties, sixties and seventies almost um, romantic comedies. Yeah, kind of a of. Uh, a pastiche, flash- if you will. <laughs> yeah, that word. Yeah, and it it um, succeeded on the on the the level visually. Yeah. I think. I mean, it yeah. looked it looked great. They hit it on the head that aesthetic they were going for that look. Yeah. Of that era. Yeah. But it wasn't set in that era. No, it was kind of no time. Yeah, it was kind of set now, but not specifically now. Yeah. I mean, like some yeah. of the cars were from that era. Well, some of the, the dress was yeah. definitely some of the era. The fashion era. was from that era. Yeah. The lead characters' cars mm-hmm. were from that era, but the, but cars the, background, the background cars weren't. were not. Right. <laughs> and at one point, one of the one of the uh, characters uses a cell phone, so it's now. Yeah. But, but so it look, was very odd. The film stock and the way it was shot really had that look of that late '60s, early '70s, yeah. you know, romantic comedy type type. Right. Film. And it it really succeeded on that. And it's, this film is one of those that I wanted it to be really good in what they were trying to do. Yeah. But for me, it just didn't quite succeed. Yeah. At that because of the story. It just, it, the pacing of the film and the way the story was told, it wasn't clear to me. It, it took me a little bit to go, oh, okay. They're on purpose. They're they're being directed to to overact a little bit. Yeah. But the lead character, the love witch herself, Elaine, Elaine, her motivations and everything of who she was and what was going on wasn't quite clear. I know that that may have been the point, but it wasn't. It wasn't presented to be ambiguous. Yeah. To make you think one way or the other. The way it was presented, it was like, what the hell is she, what is she doing here? Is this... Is she just crazy? Has she lost her mind? Yeah. Is she trying to prove it's a hard point? For me to explain. Is it a feminist thing? Yeah, that, is I, it... I do like the mystery and yeah. trying to figure it out and wondering, oh, okay, yeah, is she just crazy? Yeah. But she was... Is she really trying to kill people? Yeah. But is at it one an point, accident? I was like, because the way it was played, I, now I get they were directed to act, overact a bit. Act a little stiff. She, yeah, I don't know. She, I mean, I understood from the beginning. I think that that the acting was mostly on purpose. Yeah, you know, yeah. but it was just the story was interesting, and I know that most of it was set up to try and make you think. So I'm sure that some of what we're feeling is on purpose for us to try yeah. and have a discussion. But I don't think At it the was same presented point, well enough. To have that come across, yeah, like it some of it have. was was a little too vague. Yeah, I don't think the the director did okay, but I don't think she it was a was it a female director? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't think she quite pulled it off. Yeah, what she was I trying could tell, to do. I could tell that she had a true love. Oh, yeah. of this film, yeah, genre and era. Yeah, I could tell that she was was truly trying to to pull that off. And I think she did a great job of giving us the look and the visuals and the the feel. But I think that there was something lacking in the story. I mean, the direction, I well, think, was good for the, the actors themselves. But the story just left a little bit. The story left a little bit and the the direction of the story. And the, everybody, I thought, was great at pulling off their character for this for this type of film and what right. they were trying to portray, except the lead. 
Yeah. She was a beautiful girl. Well, she may have done better if she had a better part. Yeah. Well, it's again, it comes down to how she was directed to portray it, too. Yeah. yeah. And and come across, I think, because her a lot of her stuff was uneven. And I wasn't, she was the the odd piece that didn't fit in the rest of them. Everybody else, the stiff, square-jawed cop guy, mm-hmm. you know, he was playing that to the hilt. The super uh, pseudo-hippie guy that she beds down with early in the film. Mm-hmm. You know, he plays that, and then when he kind of loses his mind over loving her so much or whatever, mm-hmm. he, he played that to the hilt, and and then the the busybody neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, everybody else was great, was yeah. perfect. She didn't quite, it's like she they weren't sure where she was supposed to be yeah. as a character in the film, and I really wanted this movie to be at a to be better than it was. Yeah. I had, you know, a lot of hopes for this. It look and I wonder, it looks great. And it's not bad. It's just I think what she was really trying to come across, you have to read a lot into it. Yeah. And make yourself believe it for it to be all that because I think it just falls short. Yeah. of being what it's supposed what she wanted it to be. At yeah. least for me it did. Yeah, I think so too. And I don't need stuff spoon fed. I hate no, that. Absolutely but not. It's like it. It was there were so many points and things about this movie that are almost there, but ugh, it just doesn't quite make it. Yeah, and it's yeah. a shame because it. I it wonder. Could have been really a lot of fun. I think. I wonder if maybe a couple things. If if she had made it a little bit shorter. I read somebody's review that said it was too long, and I, I think maybe if it had been just a little shorter, and then maybe. She would have felt she needed to rein in Elaine's stuff a little tighter. That would have pulled it together. Well, that and I better. think her character should have could have been a, uh, written a little. Well, that's a little what I mean. Yeah. If she had made it shorter, it Do would you have pulled any her music in. Music in this film. You know, I actually don't. That's another thing that would have helped it. Yeah, some error, better uh, music. Some, well, some era music. You know, yeah. some stuff from that and it's era, weird that some stuff I don't, that sounded like that era. There was that one scene where she was in the the rainbow lined clothes, and she was kind of doing a little strip yeah. tease. Where I think there was music going on, but it I don't remember been, any of it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so anyhow, that's, that's it was that just film. a short mention of the Love Witch. If anybody's seen the Love Witch and has some <laughs> more insight, maybe I wasn't awake enough or uh, with it enough to watch it and understand it. Maybe I'm missing something. So please, if you've got more yeah. insight, let me know. Well, I, I was completely awake and focused on it, and, <laughs> and and it was one of those that I kept hoping for it to get to to get there, yeah, to get better because it had has a lot of potential. Yeah. Well, I did watch it on one of the nights yeah. when I was feeling really bad, so maybe maybe I yeah. wasn't quite there. But in any case, yeah, that's all with that. Yeah. So we have one last thing to do, and I'm not quite sure how you're going to get there. Uh, and the only person I could think of to use for our Planet of the Apes game. Uh huh. Do you need to? Uh, give any explanation we're just going to go into it real quick the world revolves around planet of the apes clayton and i discovered this many years ago long before the kevin bacon six degrees of kevin bacon game you can connect anything back to planet of the apes and we try to prove that every episode here phyllis gives me something from the movie and i connect it back in a few steps to planet of the apes so all right so there's not much to choose from from this movie so i'm going to go with charles kissinger who played paw I think that might be the only chance you okay. have. Okay. Okay. So Charles Kissinger, yeah. who played Paul, was in the Manitou. Yes. With Michael and Sara. Okay. 
who played Kang on the Day of the Dove episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek goes directly to the Planet of the Apes by way of Sarak, Mark Leonard, right. who played Sarak, was also Urko on the Planet of the Apes TV series. Good night. Well, there you go. <laughs> so could you have gotten could you have gotten back if I used anybody else? Probably not, because none of them were in anything else. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, although I guess you could have, because I think all three of these people, the main Sherry and uh-huh. Billy and Paul all did other movies together because of the director. Oh yeah, probably. So Another thing you I re- could have linked them back together and then gone back to Could Paul. have, could have. Yeah, I guess. Um was it Charles Kissinger? Was yes. that his name? Yeah. The Paul. I did read something that he you know, he did I think it was in every movie William Girdler did. When William Girdler passed away mm-hmm. it might have been seventy nine maybe. I can't remember. Charles Kissinger uh stopped acting. Oh yeah? Yeah. Because oh. he didn't he didn't think anybody else could would use him like William Girdler did. Huh. And, you know, he just he was done. So So he never acted again? Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. So a little interesting bit there. But uh, so once again, we were proved that the world revolves around one of the greatest films ever made, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Indeed. That's about all I got. I think that's it. Okay. So that's it for tonight. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.